2: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast.
3: Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food and on this podcast we're going to talk about all of it food as entertainment food as sport food as fuel i'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me i hate to ask you to do anything but if you're enjoying the show please take a moment to like subscribe rate review all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from Today on the show, I'm talking to Stephen Mowry. He is a professional mixed martial artist fighting for Bellator. You can find him on Instagram at TallSteveFightsPeople. Steve Mowry, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast.
4: We're here. We're American. We're gluttonous.
3: (laughs) Yes, I'm psyched to have you,
4: dude. Uh
3: Um, To give a little preamble, you are a professional mixed martial arts fighter. You fight for Bellator. And you, we were talking and you had some questions and, and I said, let's make this a podcast. So hit me with your questions. What are your questions?
4: Well, I'm going to kind of, uh, I guess as much as a statement as a question, but I'm kind of going to kind of open with the, where I'm at kind of in my career and maybe even my life in a whole as a whole. And um, I kind of want to use that as a jump off point.
2: Um,
4: so i'm i'm 30 now which is you know like again in, in the sports world isn't that big of a deal especially not like it was you know maybe 30 40 years ago when you were 30 it was time to pack it up and go home but now you in the 2020s you know 30 some guys are just getting started <laughs> i remember reading a thing that was like the median age of a top 10 heavyweight was like 34 so it's like hey i might i might just be getting into my prime, you know? Um, so I mean, I've seen my, my fair share of success, but, um, I'm also at a point in my career too. Um, uh, I don't know if lamenting is the right word, but I'm kind of looking back on some habits that I had that that just don't stick anymore. So for instance, I've noticed that my body can't do the things on the, the day in the day out that it used to be able to do. And what I mean is that, um, in regards to my out-of-training habits, my recovery habits, my eating habits, uh, I got away with a lot. Maybe it was genetics. Maybe it was – it could have been a, anything. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, when I was 20 years old, I could work at the bar till 2 in the morning. I could stop by Taco Bell, go home and sleep for four hours, wake up and spar five rounds, you know, go home, not take a nap, sit around, goof off, go training in the evening, and then do the whole thing again. Um where i'm at now i can't i just can't get away with it and um i've noticed that my my performance in the gym is starting to suffer because of it so i really made it a point to uh about three years ago i started thinking about okay like maybe maybe if i just cut out all the 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 junk and the shit that i've been eating things will start to get better and i think for where i was at in my life whatever three years ago that was enough of an adjustment um but here I am again, kind of looking in the mirror, looking at my habits, seeing how my body is. And I'm really beginning to wonder, OK, like if instead of leaving it to chance or just the the general hoodoo knowledge, you know, of of. Uh, of, you know, whatever Google search or, you know, just the stuff that I've been learned that I know is probably a misconception or is or dated knowledge, more or less. I wonder how much of it is a thing where it's like, okay, well, if I really nailed this down, what, what are my apps? What's my, what's my absolute feeling? If my diet is working for me, you know? So like, I really feel like I have the best coaching staff. I really feel like I had the best training partners. I really feel like I'm as dedicated as I can be in terms of my workload, but now I'm beginning to wonder, okay, but, and I've had a you know, pretty good run of it so far, but now I'm beginning to wonder, okay, if I really, really dive in, like, especially with like, let's say my diet, um how much how much more potential can I squeeze out of the Steve Maori potential you know whatever so yeah,
3: oh no, that uh, all makes sense you know I I didn't have the youthful ability to eat whatever I want and not have it affect me. however, that said I I I do remember being able to beat myself up quite a bit more and I'm a lot older than you, but like I even know that like from 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago, that the, the difference in how I felt when I, when I stayed up too late, didn't get good sleep, didn't eat well, it it was just night and days. I think that can play a big part in it, you know, I, I really do. And so, um, So you still have that youth on your side being 30. Like you say, I'm 30 now. And I'm like, you're so young, dude, you got, you know, and, and then there's also like the idea where I think about some of these things and I'm like, um, those really young guys, like a dude who's 18 doesn't have the type of strength and muscle memory that a dude who's been doing it for 10 or 12 more years than him has, You, you know? So that's, that's a benefit too. Um, do you still not sleep? Like, have you, how, how's your sleep hygiene? Cause sleep is super important.
4: Yeah. My sleep. That's the thing. I quit working. I just to kind of make ends meet before, before fighting paid the bills completely. I worked, you know, like the bar scene as a, as a security guard, a bouncer until um, I'm trying to think. I kind of like, I did it full time until about five years ago. And then I, had a couple, you know, whatever, whatever it was, uh economics, financial, I would dabble in it. I'd go in and out. Or like if there's a really good opportunity, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and grab the cash while I can up until about, up until about, let's say three and a half years ago. And then um really since then I've made it a point to with the, you know, the exception of like a celebration or whatever, I made it a point to, really focus on getting as much rest as I need in between sessions. But um, that's the thing is it's not always, you know, how sleep, sometimes you go to bed, you lay down at 10 o'clock, you take melatonin, you stop looking at your phone for half an hour before you go to sleep and you still wake up at two in the morning, tossing and turning kind of thing.
3: Sure. Uh, Let me just say like all the, all the papers that I've read on sleep and my own experience it becomes, and like, it's a little bit different. You're an, you're a professional athlete. So you're using your body every day to the maximum that you can possibly, you're pushing your body beyond just in my life. Like my physical goals would just be like, I need to stay on my diet. And, and it would become exponentially difficult for me to achieve that with less sleep than I needed so that became super important to me and um and i i think like the number one priority like for anyone if i'm having this conversation with my kid and my kid comes up to me and is like i want to do x y and z i'm gonna say good you you know and this is this is just me being aware of the way my my kids you know my teenage kids treat their bodies i'd just be like you stay up too late And you don't sleep enough, like get better sleep. So I, 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 and I understand like, it's, it's difficult, but like um, also for the recovery of your system with the amount of training you do, it's, it's super, super important. So like before even, I mean, I think nutrition is also very important. We'll get into that, but like sleep, I can't emphasize enough how vital it is even with just the way you feel and like what your body's going to tell you at once, like without sleep, your body might just be going like, I need more fuel and it's running on that fuel simply because it hasn't gotten the adequate rest that it needs, you you know? And and so it gets out of whack when it's not resting. So that's, that's number one. Um, I'm glad you're not working until two in the morning every day and then going to kill right. Cliff and doing two sessions a day and, and strength and conditioning and all the other madness that you guys do, uh, because that would be incredibly taxing. Um, that would be insane. yeah. So that's number one. And then what, how
4: do you eat now? Like, what do you tend to eat? Well, so I'm glad you asked because it's going to kind of be a thing where, I mean, maybe maybe to my own chagrin but i'm kind of really looking forward to like diving into it and being like okay like what needs to go right now what can we kind of play with what 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 can stay um i mean for a long time i just used the the basic you know your your 8th grade health class logic of okay well protein helps you build muscles um Uh, carbs help you with your energy. Sugar is good to pick you up quickly, but it'll burn off faster kind of thing. And it's again, like that's your very basic, you know, maybe even overly simplified knowledge of like what your macronutrients do. Um, but I'm starting to learn that, you know, not all, not all foods that produce those macronutrients are are created equal as it were. So for, you know, for instance, um, your body will get a lot more bang for its buck from the sweet potato than say it would from pizza crust. <laughs> so uh that's uh I especially in camp, I make it a point to eat like I carb load especially at night before a session in the morning because I want my body to be as, as full of the fuel that it needs before I start. And then especially during the day, I try to just, you know, basically keep up with the the carb intake just so, you know, whenever I can keep the output high as the day goes on but also with my protein i try to i try to cram in as much as i can especially during the day just so and again this isn't really based on any actual knowledge or research or you know whatever talking to anybody i'm getting protein just to make sure i recover yeah um so it's like i would say probably 70 percent of the time it's clean you know whatever your your chicken your potatoes your I do eat a lot of vegetables. I make it a point to, you know, incorporate uh, like those the freezer bags, the family size freezer bags of vegetables that you microwave. I make it a point to eat at least one of those every day, um, even if it's just to, you know, keep me regular kind of thing. I'm <laughs> but um, uh, I'm trying to think. But you know, the other thirty percent of the time, it could be something as innocent as like three cups of yogurt. But then, admittedly, sometimes it'll be yeah, fuck it, you know, I'm not trying anymore. I'm gonna have ice cream. Yeah. That,
3: I mean, look, and, and again, like I ha I have a different set of issues than whatever you're dealing with. I'm not a peak athlete who's, who's using my body in the same way. I want something very specific out of my body that I have to work very focused on. So I think in that we share commonality, but like for me, I think, I think it's, I think it would be impossible to say like, you should never have ice cream, right? Yeah. Like that just doesn't seem realistic to me. But I but I also think like, I would really, really limit that. And I, I say that only because when I eat ice cream, I don't feel great afterwards, you know? And so I would be looking more for foods that I'm feeling energized from. And I'm feeling like, I'm not getting some kind of a, a hangover, a delayed, uh, mucky, yucky feeling from, um, and I don't know why, like, f- uh, fast acting carbs. I can have those in the gym and I'm fine. Like in the middle of a workout or in the middle of a long cardio session, if I drank a Gatorade, I would be totally fine. I wouldn't, there would be no spillover of, of uh, le- lethargy caused by that. If I have that right before I go to bed, like to your point, not not all carbs are created the same. I don't exactly know what's chemically happening other than when you strip the fiber away. I know it's hitting your system a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And so if I have something like that before bed, I wake up with less energy, Um, whereas I'm with you on a night where I want to perform really well the next day. Like I used to race bicycles. I would eat rice or pasta. Cause that's still got its fiber or a bunch of sweet potatoes and it's going to go in slower. But if I would have something like ice cream or even drink a Gatorade, I would feel up, wake up feeling like depleted. Yeah. So, so I would like not suggest somebody who's not trying to diet, but by the way, you, you are a heavyweight. Mm-hmm, that's right. so, so you fight that weight class goes up to 265 pounds. Mm-hmm. Do you have to cut to make two hundred and sixty five pounds?
4: Well, the, as it as it turns out, um, <clears throat> when I made my pro debut, I was um, when I made my pro debut, I was trying to think just just to give you a specific. I'm when I was twenty three years old, so right before I turned twenty four, my coaches and I kind of sat down and were like, "We need to figure out what I'm gonna do from my weight class because I was like two thirty five ish." Which is like small for a heavyweight, but huge for a light heavyweight. Right. And we were we kind of you know bounced the idea off each other, and and, you know we all went back and forth about what we thought the best thing to do would be, and um, the the kind of deciding vote was we got with our strength coach, and I did um I did a DEXA scan and a Bod Pod. So basically, they lay you down on a table, see your bone density, and then they put you the Bod Pod's this looks like a like a time travel spear thing they throw you in this thing and it clicks a bunch of times for like two minutes and then it tells you exactly how much fat you have how much muscle you have so on and so forth and my coach told me at the time i was really lean he said uh yeah so if you even if you were zero percent body fat you would still be 218 which is you know to make 205 let's say zero percent body fat, you'd have to lose muscle 13 pounds of just let's say water and it's like okay we we're talking about getting into a fist fight against elite competition with no fat and no water with less than a day to bounce back. It's like, okay, well now we're, now we're not, we're not totally being that, that we're talking about optimal performance. It's like, okay, well maybe not. And then, uh, so now we're talking about whatever, seven years ago, my body's changed substantially. I've really filled filled out my frame kind of thing. Back then I was walking around, like I said, two thirty five was like big. Now I'm like, just under 260 and yeah i mean who knows maybe in five years it'll be a conversation where it's like okay now i do have to cut weight or you know really monitor what what goes in kind of thing what i do on the day-to-day
3: but so you so, don't have to none of this is for a cut no
4: no thank that's God.
3: amazing that yeah that's yeah. amazing because if you're really just looking for performance like I, I I would think any of this becomes more complicated with a cut, you know, or thinking about having to lose weight. Like um, most other weight classes doesn't matter what they are from light heavyweight on down. They're all cutting something.
4: Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then just, just to kind of like give you a little bit more context, even um, a good friend of ours, DeMarcus Jackson, when I, when I met him, he fought at 155 and Jesus I can remember Christ. yeah I can remember I mean' you're, here's you thinking about it but I can remember the abject horror of looking at him trying to make 155 the first time we fought on a car together and it was it was horrific it was awful <laughs> it was terrible like because yeah I mean he's also like so me talking about okay well if I was zero percent body fat and I had to cut 13 more pounds here's imagine that but Played out. He very little body fat. It was terrible. It's fucking yeah. awful. And not not even just from like a, not even just from like a standpoint of like, man, I have to perform, but also like, uh, that's my boy, and I care about him, and it fucking hurt me to see him suffering so much. Just from, you know, I mean, I love the sport. It's my life, but it's like, bro, what the fuck is really going on? <laughs> like, what what is this that has taken so much from you? And you know, just just to get a little bit of an edge in terms of your size. Um, like I said, so for me to think about like, to for me to be in the position I'm at, I'm, I'm really grateful in terms of you know kind of my body type and how it how it fits into the the schematic of the MMA meta and um, but also you know how I how I really am truly in a position where it's like well hey I can really eat whatever I want and if I can eat whatever I want with the goal of performing optimally I I really I'm really looking forward to seeing like what my true capabilities are.
3: Yeah what um you got rid of processed foods a while ago i remember we'd had a conversation and you were kind of reducing them and so now you're saying you're at like 70 30 Mm -hmm. and yeah go ahead
4: i was gonna say my my new thing has been um there's an aldi by my house and i've always like i grew up on aldi um and uh for no reason other than uh it was cheap, and my parents had to feed six of us. <laughs> and now, if we, and then, whenever I moved to Florida, it was you know, hey, like I need to find a way to to live sustainably in a really expensive part of the country. You know, and so on and so forth. Um, And then now, like I now that I'm in a position to you know, whatever, maybe splurge a little bit on where I go. I still find myself cruising through Aldi with a, the fucking the recycled cardboard box in my cart. Like, damn, I wonder what kind of deals I'm gonna find today. So uh there's these these packs of like the sous vide um, meat and they're all the way back in like the what the deli section ish. And what it'll be is like a box of sous vide uh chicken with broth broccoli stuffing. And it'll be hold do you mind if I grab one right now? Actually? No, no. I'd love to see it. Hold on one second. So uh here's like the outside pack. You know your basic all okay
3: these, like, artichoke stuff, chicken that looks pretty good, honestly. I mean, I can't read the ingredients, but it looks it's, delicious.
4: It's, it's fantastic. And I mean, I could probably get it close enough to the camera where you can see the, the nutrition facts.
3: Okay. But, I, I yeah, I also see there are quite a few
4: ingredients in there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, it's a thing where, well, kind of like we were talking about. I'm trying to eliminate processed foods as much as I can. But the trade-off with so something like that is obviously it has, meets most of my nutritional needs in terms of, you know, so like uh, it's 75 – so three servings per container and one serving is 25 grams. But, you know, just very basic you 75 grams of protein. So does that mean, you know, package to package is always going to have that? No, but like – But it's pretty close. So generally, it'll probably have 60 grams of protein plus, you know, whatever I – Usually what I'll do is I'll, the, the packages of rice you throw in the microwave for a minute and a half, I'll have one of those and then to round it out, I'll have like the frozen greens. So like I said, what well, you trade with, you know, like your, your processed foods ask, uh, you know, kind of like the downfall of that, you get back and like, okay, what well, has all my nutrients and I'm ready to eat within 10 minutes of walking in the door from training.
3: Yes, but yes, I totally agree with you. And look, my ideal personally is one one word ingredients that is when, when I'm truly firing on all cylinders everything has one word and so even even I, I try to get rid of bread because when yeah. are you, you you know bread ideally has three ingredients water salt and wheat wheat flour but but really you can't find that in a store you look at a uh, the ingredients on a loaf of bread it's like a mile long on any good yeah. bread even like the quote-unquote health food store but that's my ideal that doesn't have to be your ideal when I look at that it's not the, I don't think that's the same that that uh, chicken stuffed with artichokes that's not the same as a bag of Doritos do, do you know what I mean that's uh-huh. I think that's very different that whatever extra ingredients they're putting in there i think is very very minimal compared to the chicken breast and the artichokes it's mm-hmm. like it's like a sauce so like i i don't even know that i mean that is somewhat processed but you know if I, you know what i would do i would do i would try a week where you tried eating as quote unquote clean as possible made everything one word and see if there's a difference if there's not a difference, maybe then the, the push needs to be instead of 70-30 of like ice cream and, and real true junk food, pizza, stuff like that. Maybe it needs to yeah. be like 85-15 or 90-10 or something like that. I don't think it's realistic to live your life with zero, you know, if like there's yeah. I, f- I find I get some joy out of eating a bite of my kid's cupcake that she baked, you know? And so, and there were periods of my life where I denied that to myself. And then I felt guilty about like not having that experience with her. I know you're also a father. So like that kind of shit's going to come up. Your kid's going to have a birthday and she might, it might hurt her feelings if you don't have a slice of cake and having a slice of cake, is that going to derail you? It really shouldn't, you know, if, if the majority of what you're doing is directed in this way, I don't think you have to, you know, be eating like macrobiotic or anything like that. Everything organic. I'm not even that extreme, but I do know when my diet is primarily, and I mean like 90 to 99% one word ingredients, I feel better. That's the best I feel. And if I can get the majority of my carbs from vegetables or really simple things like oatmeal or rice, then I'm really like crushing it that even that microwavable steamed rice. I I love that. That stuff's great. Um, instant oatmeal. And what about, are you getting enough ancillary fats? Are you eating anything outside of this like avocado or chia seeds or fish oils or anything like that?
4: What a great question. And not a good question because it's a complicated answer. A great question because I never would have even thought about that. I take a fish oil supplement. Um, I love avocado, and I but I don't eat it regularly enough to say that I eat it regularly. And uh, I got there's this bag of superfoods bowl that I get from First Watch that has chia seed in it, and that's yeah. like on there, you know, whatever on the healthier side part of the menu. It's you know chia seeds, Greek yogurt, uh, banana, strawberry, blueberry. Um. It's usually some kind of like fruit syrup shit that they put in there, but I mean, all things that I like, I just I really don't know enough about them to like how or how to incorporate them. Yeah, so
3: it's it's an odd question because I think the majority of America is. uh, getting plenty of fat, right? There's fat in almost everything. And, and the way we tend to think about foods nowadays, because carbs have been so demonized is we think about carbs and protein and in most of your protein, there's also fat. So I'm sure you're getting, you're, you're very clearly because you're alive, getting enough fat to, to exist because fat, whereas carbs are not strictly needed to live, you don't have to eat carbs, your body can turn protein into glucose. Um, fat is necessary. If you strip fat from a diet, people start dying. Like I know the reason the the Inuits um up in further North America consume mammals is because when they were eating only I fish, it was there was no fat and they, they were dying. Yeah. For, you know, the protein's great at turning into glucose.
4: Right
3: too. Yeah, but they needed that fat so they started eating whales and seals and stuff like that and that, that's now a big part of their diet so that fat is necessary the only thing i would think about is a lot of uh the fats from meats are going to be omega 6s and you're going to want to get some omega 3s as a supplement like do you use olive oil on anything um avocados are a great source of omega-3s fish do you eat much fish those have omega-3s those
4: are i make it a rule to use olive oil when I eat uh especially because at first just i'd like the taste of it um but especially now it's uh it's just kind of stuck and it's been a thing where you remember like 10 years ago i remember the paradigm being you know obviously ignore fats as much as you can blah 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 but I did remember hearing somewhere in there that like okay yeah you need some for your for your joints to function properly and so on and so forth. So I kind of stuck to olive oil as like my main my main. That was the first thing I called bullshit on whenever I heard it in terms of general nutrition wisdom was, hey man, if it, if it makes my joints work better, I'm gonna fucking eat it. And then yeah, you know, <laughs> it was, a, and it was a thing where like, I heard it at a time too, or I'm like yeah bro, I'm, I'm not really worried about being fat. Thanks, like <laughs> you know. And then now now as I'm older, I'm kind of like, not even isn't I told you so, so much as it is like, uh, oh, good. Like, I'm glad yeah. it, I'm glad it stuck it out. You know,
3: right. We made it through that phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't oil wait oil. to see what's next. We've got the vegans on one side. We got the carnivores on the other. I can't wait to see what the next craze is. You know what I mean? It's going to be like eat only cardboard.
4: Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I was watching. Um have you ever seen the Wired interviews where it's like, it'll be somebody sitting in front of like a, a whiteboard that has the Google search bar and it'll have their name. And then they pull off a piece of paper and it has the question, like the most search questions about whatever. I was watching one with um Seth MacFarlane last night. And one of his was Seth MacFarlane, a vegan. So he peeled the thing back and he's like, you know, like I've, I've almost entirely eliminated meat, and I'm, you know, moving closer and closer and closer to like veganism. He's like, But you know, late night Taco Bell is what gets in the run sometimes. And I was like, man, fuck! Like, I was like shaking my head hearing that because I was like, it's almost like, yeah, I've removed dairy entirely, dairy from my my diet entirely. But you know, uh, fucking going to cold Stone creamery still gets me. It's like, yeah, okay, man, fuck. (laughs) That's that's about as bad
3: as yeah, you're killing animals at that point, intentionally killing animals.
4: Exactly. It's like, man, like. It's not and then it's like, okay, well look, like the one thing keeping you from veganism is like the worst fucking thing you can eat. Like yeah. It's just it's not even not to take anything away from good for if veganism, you know, whatever, if that's your moral and philosophical stance on uh you you know, whatever the end game of eating a living thing, that's fine. It's just it's like okay, bro, like Taco Bell, that's what's keeping like It's just funny. It's, it's for somebody as smart and intellectual as Seth Morgan or Seth McFarlane. It's like, okay, damn. (laughs) Yeah,
3: no, no, it's crazy. I'm, uh, I'm sober. Just heroin's getting in the way of it. You you know, it's like,
4: it's like just my dealer lives three blocks down the street. It's like,
3: right. It's hard to walk by his house every day and not pick up a bag. And not not
4: what it, not, not to knock on the door. Like what, what are we really talking about
3: now? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, Jesus Taco Bell. I haven't eaten Taco Bell in so many years; it's crazy.
4: I'm not. I'm not. I'm in no way demonizing people who eat Taco Bell. One because yeah, I I do fall into the the fast food trap. I would say like more often than I'd like to admit. Um, but you, and even like you to go back to kind of what you were saying, it's like until I get to a point where like let like I said, maybe three years from now, I'll be walking around at like 275, and it's like okay, well, I do have to be mindful of of what goes in. Um, and until that time, I am going to be somebody that's like, you know, what? <clears throat> I don't have practice in the morning and my kids are, so like a good, a good example would be like, like three weeks ago, um, before I signed the fight that I'm, I have coming up, we were coming back from my stepson had a, a band concert, right? So he went with his dad back to their house and we were on our way home. So we're 20 minutes late for my kids, uh, my kids own bedtime. We still had to go home. We still had to do bath time. So to read a book, we still had all that in the way. And she didn't even eat dinner yet. So right. like, so we're like, okay, let's just stop somewhere. And then in the drive through, I was like, okay, what if like, now I have to go home, do all that and make food for myself. In that instance, it was like, I'm not saying that like, this is a good excuse. But for me, it was like, okay, the, the trade off of like, okay, adding another hour onto all that other shit that I have to do, or just like eating something really quick while I'm here, I end up getting like chicken nuggets or something stupid like that. Obviously, it's like you know what? Like, I'm not a fucking robot. I'm gonna have ten chicken nuggets, like, yeah. And then, no, I, and then I'll, I'll, I'll eat a protein shake. To, I'll drink a protein shake to like round it all out, kind of thing.
3: I've been at so many levels of the extreme here, and there was a point in time where I talked about McDonald's openly to my kids when they were very young, 15 years ago, and I would say this: that place is poison. It is poison. We don't eat that. It is poison. And then we found ourselves uh, on a ski trip and my wife and older kids actually ski and, and some of the younger ones do too. the youngest does not ski. But but at the time, I think my kids were like five and three, the younger kids. And I don't ski. So I was really watching them. And at one point they had to eat or they turn into gremlins. And we went to the, yeah. the ski place. I don't know what any of this shit's called because I hate skiing, but like where people go up the mountain and they've also got like food and stuff like that. And it was just so crowded and such a madhouse. I was like, forget this. Let's go into the town and eat in the town. We went into the town. All the restaurants there were full. And then there was a McDonald's that was like mostly empty. And I pulled in. And I was like, we're going to eat lunch here. And they started crying, saying, why do you want to poison us? And yeah. and I had to go, you know, it's okay that we have it once in a while, kids. And they were like, no, you're trying to poison us. Yeah. Why are you poisoning? And so I just think either, I think the excess where people are eating that every day is probably really not good for you. And then never eating it. If it's something yeah. you like, I think that's probably not good for you too because it because one dose of mcdonald's is not actually poison you know what i mean the other thing i wanted to talk about with um reference to processed foods like there was a reason why after the first iteration of wonder bread which is all designed for shelf life right like Mm -hmm they wanted to create a product that could last Whereas they would
4: make it to the store and to your your grocery cart and your house and your pantry all with yeah. it with it long in a long enough time that it lasts and makes money and so
3: exactly and so prior to that bread was going bad really quickly you had to kind of go to a bakery every day get in the bakery. suddenly we lost all our men world war ii is happening might have even been before that but like there's less men in America. We have to create something where the woman can buy the bread. She doesn't have to go every day. A loaf of bread can last for a few days now instead of whatever. But people started turning up with deficiencies, like with legitimate deficiencies, because part of the processing process is stripping the food of some of those nutrients. This is potentially what my reaction to quote unquote whole foods is psychosomatic. I don't know, but I know that when I'm eating something processed, it's also missing some of whatever it was in its natural state had some of those mm-hmm. micronutrients. And I have no fucking idea, all the micronutrients, like, um, I know, uh, Stan Efferding has a, a really interesting diet where he gets really specific with micronutrients and there's even apps where you can like plug in everything you're eating, plug in, you can like even do blood work and send it in and, and it will tell you all the micro, I don't I, I don't do that, but I will say this, when I'm feeling fatigued or run down in a way that I shouldn't be. I increase my whole foods. I increase my vegetable intake and I tend to feel better. I don't really want to be taking vitamins. I don't totally trust vitamins. Number one, number two, like I've never taken a vitamin and felt better. I've never felt anything but fluorescent P and that's weird. You know, like that doesn't seem natural to me either. So I noticed that when, when I'm getting, hopefully, most of the micronutrients from the food that I'm eating. My body is just reacting better. That's another reason that I try to go with, like, one-word ingredients. Like, like I'm glad you're eating a bag of, of veggies a day. That's probably very beneficial. Um, I don't know if the the amount of processing that's happening to that chicken, that sous vide chicken with, stuffed with artichokes— is Uh removing anything i have no idea if it's removing anything versus eating a breast of chicken and chopping up an artichoke and stuffing it in there which would then have two ingredients
4: right i mean funnily enough i a long time ago uh my friend's dad and i were talking about um we're talking about the bible we're talking about how like the character especially you know the old testament you know the the um the Talmud characters would live to you know, canonically would live to be 300, 400 years. <laughs> and he was like, and you know why that is. Right. <clears throat> and again, like I consider myself to be a Christian now. And back then I did too, but I was like, I'd be the first to tell you like, dude, I really think a lot of that is. We, I really feel like their age isn't the operative theme in the story. It's just right. so happens to be, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the Buddha hiding under the seven hooded snake isn't an operative part of Hinduism. You know, <laughs> it just so happens that that's part of the mythos. Anyway, he and I were talking. He's like, you know, why they live so long? Ro- Sid lived so long, Steve. Was the food had more nutrients back then? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like high school, Steve was like, was I was just so blown. I mean, part of it's because I was in high school. When you're in high school, you think you know everything, but. I definitely was like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? And then now as I get older, I learn more and more, they're like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we, there might have been nutrients that have been lost to food over time because they didn't have the, the proper uh, agricultural techniques, you know, I mean, whatever. It's just funny how, like, like you were saying before about olive oil, There's a, there was a time when it was like, you need to remove fats, you need to eliminate carbs, this and that. Now it's like, sweet potatoes are like, America's darling vegetable or what yeah. you know your darling non-meat it's just funny how like things come and go the before, ebbs I, and
3: flows I, the ebbs and flows are wild i firmly believe we're probably nutrient deficient and i also believe that the way medicine works is like we go deficient in something it produces a chemical to counter that which then has a side effect, which requires another chemical. And we get into this loop. And so we are seeing for the first time a decrease in lifespan, in average lifespan, which is kind of scary. And like, I think, I think nutrition does play a part in that. I don't, I I would never say like, well, processed food is killing everyone. I, I think that's too much a general statement, but I do think it plays a part.
4: Oh, for sure. And then again, to like kind of round out, round out the, processed food versus non-processed foods thing the conversation we had about processed foods i remember came off the heels of me being like in the middle of a camp and like i felt like shit all the time and like whatever and just to kind of like pat myself on the back and say hey hey everything's i was stressed out i had a big fight coming up i was just just to kind of like remind myself that hey look you're a human and that's okay i went to dairy Queen, ate chicken tenders and french fries and I went to, I went to sparring the next day and had like the best day I'd had the whole camp. Yeah. So at a time when I was like, I should be fucking tired and worn out. Why is it that Darren Queen kind of pulled me out of it? And I can't, I can't remember specifically, you know, word for word, what you'd said, but you'd said something along the lines of like, you yeah, you're probably your glucose needed picked up. And the French fries probably had just the right amount of like, you know, whatever. And then I pulled Greg aside, the wrestling coach who, you know, is a, in terms of credentials probably the most credentialed competitor we have uh as a he's trunch.
3: a fucking badass yeah
4: well he's a, he's a stud He like one of the best called wrestlers of all time and uh i talked to him about it i think i was waiting for like one of the two of you to tell me like you're a fucking idiot you shouldn't have done that but you both you kind of obviously gave me the yeah dude like fucking be a human sometimes and then greg was more of the type that like Greg was more the type that like somebody who's who's familiar with high achieving performers and athletes was, was able to say, yeah, dude, look, if you can do it, then fucking do it. Like what's really holding you back. And not to say like, Hey, you should test the limits of your potential by eating like shit and seeing how good you can do more just to say like, look, like not, he's not trying to take away from anybody's performance. I think more what he's saying is like, look, dude, like if you can live a little bit, in between being a, a fucking athlete you should probably do that in, as much because there are people who can't you know yeah and I, was, and I, I was
3: like oh. i think that that's a good point you know you, you go back to like the 30s and 40s and look at some of the images of the tour de france the tour de france is like one of the most brutal things a human being can do to their bodies it's mm-hmm. it's a three thousand mile race in the course of Three weeks you're going over a hundred miles a day and you're going at race speed and and half of it's up mountains. It's off, like it's brutal. It's horrible. And, yeah. and and their nutrition used to be a can of coke. And a Snickers bar that was an energy drink and like a bar. There were no power bars, there were no cliff bars, in a, and-, and a
4: cigarette, and a cigarette. Whenever you stop, take a piss.
3: Yeah, they I mean, there
4: was a time I, where they
2: believed I'm, I'm the, only the smoke joking, opened. Yeah.
3: No, they, they thought the smoke opened their lungs. Um, and so they would smoke cigarettes totally. No, they they all smoked. You could see them riding their bikes and smoking at the same time, like madness. Yeah, but I I think there's something to today when, when you talk about guys being in their prime at 34, like the top 10 dudes are all in their prime and they're all in, in that range. Like, there's a reason that this isn't just a sport for people until they're 25 there. And, and, and this is true for a lot of sports, right? Like 30 years old, you're not done with pretty much maybe football. (laughs) Like, but that's like, even even that's
4: changing now too
3: though right even that they're they're getting longer and longer and we are getting smarter and smarter about nutrition i don't think that other than floyd mayweather and who fucking knows what's true with that guy like that guy could be on some macrobiotic diet behind the scenes and eating burger king but i think in society today we see a guy eating burger king or whatever you know i know he's got this alleged terrible diet And we think that's the entirety of it because some guy got a picture of him eating Burger King, but like, he's also got, you know, 10,000 other meals a year that we're not privy to. And because we saw that one, then we make up the story that that's what he's eating. I doubt that a lot of top professionals, athletes are subsisting largely on junk food. I just don't think that's real, you know? Mm -hmm. And then,
1: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate. Every mom in your life, every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get fifty percent off your first card at Moonpig.com.
5: Moonpig.com.
4: Floyd Mayweather That's an interesting, like, example that's endemic of the Floyd Mayweather machine. And without making this the Floyd Mayweather fan cast, he's so good at what makes people want to watch Floyd Mayweather is they're just waiting for him to fuck it all up. You know what I mean? I mean
3: I'm i rooting for that every time.
4: And that exactly. And the thing is that, especially about Floyd Mayweather is he figured that out and he figured it out 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And kind of the best, what, what makes, what makes that, you know, pretty, probably a little bit different um, than, than it would from say like your average Joe is like some people probably need to go to therapy about it and yeah who knows Floyd mayweather probably has a great therapist but um the point is that Floyd mayweather not only found a way to to thrive and live off that that negative energy but like monetized it and there's a you know there's a reason why people buy his fucking pay-per-views and it's because like you know for the same reason he he did a an episode you know on all access where he's talking about how like i see these motherfuckers out here training every day i don't even need to do that just six weeks before the fight i'm good you cannot tell me that the best fucking boxer of this generation trains two or three times a day for six weeks. Like I just don't believe it, and
3: then the I don't believe it there. either. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a. Uh, I think he's like a. He's doing a version of WWF. I think, of course,
4: and that that's what I'm saying. Is so like I'm not saying that this sideways-ass picture of somebody seeing him at a at a Burger King was staged. What I'm saying is that like. Floyd Mayweather wants you to see exactly what Floyd Mayweather wants you to see. So you fucking hate him even more for it. And so that you, man, I can't wait. I heard he only trained five and a half weeks for this fight. Cause he got the flu. So he's definitely going to gas out this time. Yeah. And then he goes, he beats up your favorite fighter. Who's three class, three way classes above him,
3: Who trains, so wonder, who
4: trains 11
3: months a year, who eats yeah. perfectly, who does everything right. But Floyd doesn't have to do any of that. He eats Burger King. He never trained like it. I like the story, too, because it's entertaining. It's all entertaining, but, like, I don't think it's that real.
4: No, it's – I just –
3: And if it is, by the way, if it is, he's an anomaly.
4: Yes, he's the – and, again, it's like, okay, that I'm glad I – I'm glad I don't like him because he's he's this anomaly. But I think more of the – more kind of where I'm at in my head is that it's like, man, good for you for for being a guy that – trains 11 and a half months out of the year and then like even whenever you're not really training you're taking care of your body still probably doing the right things and you fucking find a way to make fun of it, make the guys feel like shit for training and make people fucking hate you for making fun of those guys you know um i want to say we were talking about so like medicine and well, vitamins i was reading this thing where it was this study done through i can't fucking remember who and it's this is something that happens all too often. People love the quotes. They did a study, which the most broad scope, who did what, a, a what, you know, yeah. I read a thing where it was like magnesium coupled with therapy outperformed SSRIs uh, uh, as an effective form of antidepressant treatment. Uh, it was like, outperformed SSRIs in therapy, like aggressively, like smoked it. And, you know, I mean, the common misconception is that, like the common conception is that, you know, like, obviously if somebody's, <clears throat> if you're feeling sad and the only thing's going to keep you from killing yourself is, you know, an antidepressant, then by all means, please hop on an antidepressant. But I think the message there is that, like, with the changing of the times and the whatever, it's, we're also eager to jump on the one thing that'll be a quick fix. Yeah. You know, whenever, like, maybe a little bit of, like, I don't want to say a little bit of research, but just a little bit of like savvy and a little bit of like being there to figure it out. And willing to step out of your, out of yourself really is like,
3: you can go on, real. yeah, you can go on PubMed where they publish all these papers and you can find uh, really ad nauseum examples of magnesium therapy, exercise, outperforming SSRIs. Now, like, I'm not an anti-SSRI guy, but I yeah, would say, like, means. right, I, I believe people do should do what they need to do. I think that anybody who's got, you know, there's one version of depression where it's like, you're so depressed, you can't even lift the phone to go to the doctors to get the SSRI, mm-hmm. right? Like, But if you've got the, the gumption and tenacity to go, like, I'm having a hard time. I need help. Like there is a lot you can do to that has been scientifically proven to help with the exact same symptoms that doesn't even require a doctor. And, and the first one is exercise. Exercise has been shown to markedly reduce depression and then yeah. Magnesium and therapy has been shown to markedly reduce depression. And so like, I, I, I don't suffer from that. I do, however, take magnesium, not not as regularly as my wife would like, but I do. That is one of the few pills I'm willing to swallow is magnesium? And like, I, I don't suffer from depression, but if I suffered from the version where I had enough gumption to go seek help, the first thing I would try is exercise because it has been scientifically shown. And the second thing I would try is magnesium coupled with therapy. And then if that's still, then I would maybe start to look into some other things. But they're like, I don't know. I I think that the marketing on some of these drugs is really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's also like we live in the instant gratification era where it's just easier to take a pill. You know, a lot of people find it easier to take a pill. I mean... I hope to never be faced with somebody saying I need a statin, but like, I would rather work really hard at my diet than have to take a statin that, that, and I know that's not an option because there's some people with genetically high LDL cholesterol, and maybe they have to take a statin and statins have saved a lot of lives, but I would work fucking tirelessly to change my diet and get a result without medication before I started taking something like that.
4: And, this, and it's not a thing, too, where it's like, it's not a thing, too, where I'm, I don't, I haven't demonized the medical community because they feel a certain kind of way about prescribing drugs. I just really feel like the common paradigm is like, you know, do whatever your doctor tells you. And I think you have to be historically illiterate to not see that, like, the doctor giving you a cure isn't always financially in their best interest. And this isn't, i really, this isn't just a very surface level thing, because i know. no in the era we live in now you'll get criticized for 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 everything i'm just saying that like i'm not saying if your doctor prescribes you antidepressants don't take them i'm saying that like <clears throat> it's usually not in people the whatever the the industry's best interests to you know whatever to tell you something like hey maybe maybe you need to go outside for an hour <laughs> or a day instead of you know hey like I'll put you on this pill you have to pay 40 bucks a month for that I'm going to get a kickback for from Pfizer for you know, whoever. And it's, again, and it's a lot of things. Kind of like, what are we, the the what are we really talking about question as it relates to like, hey, I can't, I can't become a vegan because Taco Bell exists. It's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't live my happiest, fullest, whatever is life because, you know, my doctor said I need to take whatever. And it's like, okay, was well, the, is the issue that, You have something you need to work on that you're running from or is the issue that you feel like if you don't do whatever your doctor tells you, you're going to be fucked? (laughs) Yeah,
3: it gets it gets really complicated. But I think that as technology advances, we start to solve problems that we that were that were big, real, profound problems. And the, the one that really jumps out at me is like the easiest to point at as uh having a plethora of unintended consequences is nutrition you go back not too far in history and people were starving like lots and lots of people and now for the most part where you have real famine and starvation it's because of for political reasons they're being cut off from from the food but there is enough there's more than enough food to feed everybody on earth right now Mm -hmm. today who knows yeah yeah, so you know ukraine produces the majority of the fertilizer for earth so if that goes really really bad and they stop producing fertilizer altogether we could have some problems like there could be some issues i doubt that we'll see it in america but some parts of the world may start starving again because there's not food being produced right that so that's a potential but we we start to overproduce food because people are starving we figure it out we're now feeding everybody. You know, when the dude who created Zyklon B cr- figured out pulling uh, nitrogen out of the air and putting it back into the ground like that, there's a there's a population boom after that, like the the world could not sustain the population because they couldn't produce enough food. The minute they could produce enough food, the population explodes. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. But now we start to see all these problems from an abundance of food, right? We have like type two diabetes on the rise and, and cholesterols on the rise and obesity in America. And it's like, that's a side effect of having too much food. Um, another thing, like we're talking about depression and stuff, like we've created a society in modernity where like, you don't have to go outside very much. You don't have to move around very much. You don't have to like physically use your body to produce anything. We go to the gym to exercise. Like how crazy is that, that we have to like go to a place and dedicate time to moving our bodies enough. Of course, we're depressed. Like that's for however long hundreds of thousands or millions of years we existed. We existed outside moving around. And so Uh we're not set up to accept that change physically that fast. So so there's unintended consequences where it's like, hey, if we go outside more, if we physically use our bodies a little bit more, maybe we won't have this depression stuff. I think all of this stuff is true without even having to be like. there. I don't think there's some evil conspiracy. I just think it's like, let's yeah. solve this problem. Like, let's figure out how to make work easier. Who doesn't want work to be easier? Imagine if somebody told you your job could be a lot easier Of course you want your job to be, I want all of my jobs to be easier. And then everybody's job is easier and we have unintended consequences. And it's just like all of it. There's, you you can't know that when you take away some of these problems, you get other problems that you weren't thinking about.
4: I watched, uh, I just finished outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I went back and watched his, uh, and watched his, his podcast with Theo Vaughn, And it was interesting how they some uh, the recurring theme, I think, in the the current like zeitgeist is in people's internet persona versus their their actual persona, their who they are actually a human being. And um, yeah, I mean the the common misconception is I don't want to say misconception the the current understanding of it is that like uh, this person hasn't been punched in the mouth for saying something rude in in real life and I mean, I'm, I think I don't that might be true, but Malcolm Gladwell said it really well whenever he said, like social media is a social media is an impersonal medium just uh parading is a or masquerading as a uh as a personal medium the way just what he's saying is like <clears throat> people saying all these shitty things online really feel like they're, they're properly expressing themselves in a way that's valid and viable. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's whatever, it's all the shit that they keep inside that they feel like they can't say, you know, to their wife or to their boss or to, you know, whatever. Uh, But they, they found a way to do it, not only anonymously, but in a way that they could say it and then turn off their phone and walk away. (laughs) And uh, it's not to say that like the shitty things that they have to say aren't, aren't valid or not real, or maybe, maybe not even, that they aren't true it's just that it's i'm sure you've gotten some you, you've probably gotten much more than i have but like i've experienced my fair share of you know your your internet haters your keyboard warriors who have shitty things to say but i would say that if you lined up a 100 of them over 90 percent of them and i would bet my next paycheck on over 90 percent of their profiles aren't directly linked to their name or their their real life identity it's a picture of like Khabib getting his hand raised with the name like Khabib fan, ten fifteen saying like you suck or you're a quitter or this person's gonna beat you up or whatever, and it's like all that's perfectly fine and well. You're allowed to. I love the fact that you're allowed to think that, and not only that, but it's like I'm not gonna punch you in the mouth for saying that. It's just that right. you know that that's a, you know that it's a rude thing to do or say. You just feel like you've properly gotten it out of you somehow by by saying it on the internet. I mean, again like another thing where it's like maybe in a the real the real issue here is that it's like this person hasn't found a real true proper way to express themselves in a way that they feel validated and heard and uh maybe even properly engaged uh until they found the the internet (laughs) which is again like
3: i i don't know about you like but in in Almost every experience I have with another person, I have lots of thoughts. I have so many thoughts, and they're all being filtered through lots Sometimes of filters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, I could think 10 different things. I'm not going to say 10 different things. I'm certainly not going to pick the meanest one, Fuck yeah. but I have mean thoughts. I don't know a, a person who doesn't have mean thoughts. Some people are better at filtering, filtering them than others, but I find that in real life encounters there is usually some filter happening i think the internet is a a bizarre thing where we've all just plugged our ids into a mainframe and some people enjoy expressing their basest, most You're judgmental mean yeah which is like not how i use the internet it's it doesn't feel good to me but it doesn't feel good to me in real life and that's you know I've occasionally run into rude people in real life, too, or obnoxious people or people who I go like, that guy's not filtering anything. What I'm hearing out of him, he's not having other thoughts. These are just it's the first thought and he's going with it. And it's like, I don't want to be around that guy so much. You know, I I like people who communicate in a more thoughtful manner than that. Um, But yeah, the the Internet, it's uh, again, unintended consequences, you know, and now we have like the worst divide in the country that we've had in my lifetime i don't remember it ever being like you know the bloods versus the crips politically it's like fucking chaos out there
4: yeah i remember as a kid hearing my dad was a big bush guy and now that i'm an adult and i'm properly educated i would say i'm not a big bush guy right. but i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you and with a clear conscience that i would have been a big um i forgot who his opponents john Kerry and uh, Al Gore. I probably wouldn't have been Carrier Al Gore guys either. <clears throat> but I remember it's probably m- maybe my my dad's competitive personality was just his need to like get under people's skin about being a Bush guy. And I think I think that um, I'm not trying to say everybody was scared of my dad, but what I am trying to say is okay, like I think about my dad in context. He was 6'5, 250 pounds, in really good shape i mean like just just that okay it was probably intimidating people probably didn't feel like whatever they were up to snuff but it was also a thing where this is in its own theory but it's like he maybe he wasn't properly conditioned to express himself in a way or maybe he was conditioned to express himself in this way and that like he got some weird sick gratification out of being a bush guy and it was like okay dude like I get that you I get that you resonate with a lot of the <clears throat> maybe you're right leaning whatever but then at the end of the day like are you really this hardcore about Bush because you want people to vote about it or are you right. happy that everybody's so pissed off about it the same thing with the trump is obviously in the current the the current political landscape is the 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 the, para, the, the leading paradigm whatever yeah but, but but again it's like it's its own thing too or it's like do people the people who are fucking rude, and because I'm I'm with you there, I've, especially working in the bar, it's like mixed with, you throw alcohol in the equation and everything goes. But it's like, <clears throat> I do wonder what people have been, what do people get introduced to or wh- what gets conditioned enough? What do they feel they've gotten enough positive reinforcement for acting like a fucking dickhead to make them think that their behavior in this instance is going to get them what they want. And again, maybe it's a thing where it's like, maybe they know they're not going to get what they want. They would just feel better if they were an asshole to somebody. And then usually I'm the least common denominator in a public setting. Like, okay, here's a guy that works here. He's not really allowed to do anything to me anyway. I'm just going to be an asshole to him. Right. Yeah. But, but, but at the end of the day, like, if you're trying to get more chairs for your table, I could tell you firsthand that like, even if I'm not allowed to give you more chairs for your table, I'll probably give you more chairs for your table if you say, please. And thank you.
3: Right. (laughs) Right. But I think some people want the reaction. That's also that
4: they wanna know they pissed off and they want to know they said something shitty to the big guy who works at the bar, you know. And
3: And if they were thinking clearly, it has nothing to do with the chairs. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. In the first three first two or three days of the work week, that you know, whatever, that that's what puts all the piss and vinegar in their balls is hey, I said something mean to the guy at the bar this weekend and I'm gonna see him this weekend too, and I'm gonna make him get me ice or something like that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um all right, back to nutrition. Where are we at? Yeah.
4: But um, we're talking about. I meant to, I'm really glad you brought it back. We could have gone off that. Forever. Uh, ancillary fats. I'd like to really. When you say ancillary, I'm assuming you mean just like, well, like you- our, our. Okay,
3: L- look, you're alive, so you're getting enough fat. You're you're not you're not deprived of fat. You're not wasting away. You're not having hormonal issues. So that 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 you have brought up. So you're you're getting enough fats. But like, if the majority of your fats are coming from meat. Because we didn't talk about anything else, then it's primarily omega six. And I would just go like, make sure you're getting some omega threes too. And omega threes, where I get omega threes are avocados, fish,
4: olive oil, fish, avocado.
3: olive oil, and uh, chia seeds. Like I don't know how much uh, omega threes I'm really getting, and and fish oils. I do. I I don't take anything really consistently enough, but I do take fish oils. When I'm
4: reminded by my wife and EPA and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a, I put myself on a cocktail of uh, different like vitamin supplements, as it were. And I mean, I'm usually pretty consistent about it, but it is a thing where maybe, maybe you're being paranoid, but I do kind of wonder like, okay, is there any, anything big that I feel like I'm missing? And I like, I'm at the point now where I don't feel like I am, but. Yeah.
3: I I, I mean, like the only thing I could say. Because you're you're not overweight, you're not struggling like that. The only thing I could say is the the feeling that I've gotten where I've gone from eating even clean processed food, which is like a version of what I think you're doing, to mm-hmm. single word ingredients, I've noticed a difference. I, I just yeah. have. So I would I would suggest trying that out. Maybe seeing if you could spike your omega threes a little bit and see if you get anything out of that. And, um, and then I think also like a lot of nutrition, I think has to be a work in progress for some time. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's one thing to go, like, I need to lose 10 pounds in the next three weeks. There's, there's, there's like some absolutes there. You're going to have to consume less food period. Like there's no getting around that. So then we can talk about what the food is. But like, if we're talking about long-term, if we're talking about like, how do you get the best out of the next six, seven years? I think that you might have to tinker with it a little bit and try stuff sure. out and see how you feel and go like, Oh, that's really working. I'm, I felt great this week. And like, I think there is something to whatever you were doing leading up to eating fries and chicken and, and chicken strips that made you feel yeah. great. Maybe you were deprived of something leading up to that. Maybe you weren't eating enough at night, you know, and, and, yeah. You do work out 5 days a week first thing in the morning. <clears throat> That's like a, a lot and then in the afternoon too. So like you got to oh.
4: refuel for the afternoon also. I got it. So while we're talking about it, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. How long maybe maybe this would be the sound bite for the what for the YouTube clip or whatever, the, the TikTok short. Um how long would you give yourself before you pump the brakes on the, I need to give this more time and put the gas on. Something needs to change. Like I need to start adding something else. How long do you think that would be?
3: I have done two week cycles where I get very specific for two weeks. And that usually is me trying to figure out my calories. Because like you can type stuff into a machine and and it'll spit out a number at you like, this is how many calories you need to eat. And then it could it could be off. It just might have no idea. Like you could be off on your estimation of physical activity or you, your system is not,, um, you know, the, the, the non-athletic, active thermo yeah. non-exercise active thermogenesis like that that plays a huge part and that's just how much we move in conversation in getting up to go to the bathroom in you know how how long are we standing up every day like that's
5: gonna play yeah. a big
3: part and so like if 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 you're often in, in uh, gauging that and there's no real way because i think a lot of that is done mindlessly it's it's like not something you're actively thinking about doing um that can throw it off so when i'm usually trying to figure stuff out like i would almost treat it like an elimination diet like i think elimination diets have a point especially for people with like legitimate autoimmune disease it's like yeah okay maybe something you're eating is having an effect on you figure figure it out you know get rid of yeah. everything start putting in uh, not everything like there's a very specific way to do an elimination diet and then you add something back but i think the problem is because of the extremes, we get into a thing where it's like everybody should be on an elimination diet for the rest of their life and you don't add anything yeah. back in where like a, a medical doctor who deals with autoimmune disease would say like, do an elimination diet. You got to add food back in because the point isn't just, you know, don't ever eat uh, this whole category of food again for the rest of your life. It's figure out what in there is actually having an effect on you.
4: Mm-hmm. so so like recently I've been having pain like like right here and I just in my own research I found out it's like a gallbladder thing right um do you have like a specific way that you would suss out like other than what, like if you were going to do an elimination diet and you were going to start from like a bare bones kind of deal what, what are the foods that you would immediately say okay well this needs to stay like this is like not non-negotiable, but like you knew that you needed to keep it. What are the nutrients that like your, your key nutrients, your key foods you would keep in the, in the, the, your Rolodex, as it were, your, like, this is always going to be part of your, your diet. And then this is whatever outside of these is when you would start branching out. Okay. Maybe I'll try to incorporate this again. Maybe I'll try to incorporate this again.
3: Yeah. I would, if, if I was doing an elimination diet, it would be leafy greens and protein uh, for two weeks. And then I would slowly add in fruits and that would be a miserable two weeks because I would be super (laughs) deprived of carbs. I I want to say something about gallbladder. Um, Strangely enough, because your gallbladder is dealing with bile and, and dissolving fats. Um, a low fat diet can actually produce a bad effect on your gallbladder if you have gallstones. I've had my gallbladder removed, but I've looked into gallbladders quite a bit. And I thought it was totally counterintuitive where I, I was like, you got to get, you got, if you're having gallbladder issues, you got to stop eating fat and give your gallbladder a rest. But it actually, because you're, you're suddenly turning off the necessity for your gallbladder to do anything, it can, uh-huh. it can really, be like your
4: appendix almost right
3: yeah you, you don't want to go super super low fat so but you also don't want to eat a bunch of like greasy fried food either sure. so you want to be very moderate still but not you know my first um base thought w- when i was having gallbladder problems was i'll just stop eating fat not the right thing to do because you can actually turn on a gallbladder attack by doing that um yep. So
4: go Sophie, moderate. if I'm going to keep eating, but wanted to stay moderate, you'd stay. So stay with like the, your avocados for instance there. That I,
3: I, I might chill out on the avocados for two weeks, two weeks, but then I would add them yeah. back in uh, for two weeks. If I was doing an elimination diet, I would go leafy greens and, and meat. Uh, You know, not only ribeyes, not only chicken breast with, I'm going to the two extremes that I can think of, not only super fatty and not only super lean, but like try to have a moderate mix. And I would eat nothing processed, no hot dogs, no sausage, no salami, nothing like that. Okay. And then, and then I would start adding foods back in, but I would add them in and really let myself like really be checking in with myself. Like I had this today. Did I have any reaction from it? And you might need three weeks if you're still feeling crummy after two weeks, you might need another week. You want to start to feel normal again. You know what I mean? You're not you shouldn't be starving yourself.
4: So if I wanted to, let's say, let's say it's the end of the day that it's you're winding down, you know you gotta eat one more thing. You don't wanna be you don't wanna be sick from overeating, but you know you do have to squeeze in one more meal, right? Well, what would you say you pack in there? So let's say it's the day before sparring for me, right? And I'm thinking, okay, well, I want to perform well tomorrow, but I don't want to feel like shit right now for, you know, muscling down another full meal. And you don't
3: don't eat any dairy at all. Like you wouldn't eat a zero fat Greek yogurt, or even you could probably eat 5% (laughs) Greek yogurt. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Greek yogurt's got a ton of protein. And then for you, I would put a banana in it or something like that, or a bunch of berries. And that's what I would eat at night, uh, you know, because it it kind of satisfies any like desserty kind of vibe you might have. If you need a full meal right before you go to bed, eat a full meal, but like Greek yogurt is pretty damn easy to get in. And then if you add some berries to it, it's also sweet.
4: Oh yeah. Okay.
3: That of course I wouldn't do if I was doing an elimination diet, but I don't know that you need to
4: do an elimination diet. Yeah, no, and then again, it's like if you told me to go out in my fucking driveway and, and eat, you know, pieces of asphalt, I would do it. If you, but if I knew I was gonna get the most out of like, if you're like, hey, look, Steve, your body's gonna break down that asphalt, and you're gonna feel great, and I did it, I'd be like, man, fuck, I guess I gotta order some asphalt. No, no, <laughs> but- dude,
3: listen, you're two hundred and sixty pounds. You're six mm-hmm. foot five. You need to eat a lot of food. You're not trying to lose weight. And and you are in a in a situation where, like, I don't want to say you can eat whatever you want because clearly you're trying to dial in your nutrition. Oh, yeah. But like, if you wanted to have a meal right before you go to bed and it was like chicken and a sweet potato and some broccoli, you could do that. If you want to have something that's quicker and lighter. You could have a yogurt and some berries. You don't have to do that every night, but I, I agree. I I wouldn't, if I were you be going to bed on an empty stomach ever when I'm training as hard as you do the next day, first thing in the morning, I would be eating something. I would be drinking a casein protein shake. I'd probably, even if I was, you be putting a little almond butter in it or something. I myself who, who has to like really restrict my, um, consumption so that i don't gain weight i drink casein protein powder and water this is not the same case as you and so and you're also doing a hell of a lot more exercise every day than i am so like i wouldn't get into restricting yourself at all from a from a volume point i also don't want to say all this and have you gain 30 pounds you know what i mean and have to cut for your next bite like there's these are all the considerations i'm having
4: yeah, and, and to give you some perspective, too, it's like, <clears throat> to give you some perspective, it is a thing, too, for me where it's like, the end goal is always uh, optimum performance, right? And that that looks like a lot of different things, you know? So, like, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I like to think, physique-wise, I got the lucky end of the spectrum, genetics-wise. But then, you know, I mean, the the one of the consensus greatest of all time heavyweights was Fedor. And while, you know, he he wasn't like a total schlub kiss. He did not have the physique of like a a Greek God at
3: all. And he was a badass
4: and he was a stud. And then especially when he was like, when he was at like his peak, you know, the mid, the mid, the mid two thousands to like the early teens, you know, or whatever. It was like, again, he had, he had a tummy and he, he was probably walking around at 18, 20% body fat somewhere in there but like he was fast and he was explosive and he hit hard and he was heavy on top and just, all things. That, so to give you some perspective, <clears throat> let's say like, let's say I found a diet where I always was like, always just at my peak, but I gained, you know, whatever, let's say 20 pounds and I had to really start doing an actual weight cut. a la You know, uh, some of the, your, your more typical weight cut. Um, it would, it would be tough. I'd have to, I'd have to, you know, kick myself in the ass about the Dairy Queen across the street. But, you know, I would do that. I mean, 100%. that's an
3: that's an interesting science experiment. What if you intentionally added some calories? And, and and again, I would not suggest it be from the Dairy Queen. I would sure. suggest it be from like, <laughs> at, you know. But there's no at,
4: reason why I can't throw Greek yogurt in it. Like, you know, a half a cup of Greek yogurt and... Like I could make a, I could take the first watch thing that I was talking about. And like, there's no reason why I can't eat that every night before bed. Yeah. Not even just, even if I'm already like sick, full, it's like, okay, well, I could probably muscle that down just, just on taste alone, you know? Right. I mean, I, I would, I would
3: mess around and try that, you know, you eat too much late at night. Maybe it disrupts your sleep. Maybe you're digesting instead of sleeping. Maybe you don't feel great the next day. So, but, but who knows? i would Mm. i would definitely give that a shot you are a guy who doesn't need to lose weight so and you've got from where you walk around you could gain five pounds and you still don't need to lose weight Still be all right yeah but do you gain weight and then slow down is that is you know there's all these unintended consequences that we're not necessarily thinking about so there's there's other factors to consider um but I wouldn't be restrictive at all. I would be, if I was you, I would be making sure you still want to hit, you still want to get enough protein, but you don't need to eat really probably more than, especially if you're not in a caloric deficit at all, you don't need to probably eat more than 200, 225 grams of protein a day. The rest of your carbs can be fats and carbohydrates. The rest of your calories can be fats and carbohydrates. So, um, Fuck around with a little more fat and see how you feel. Make sure you're getting enough carbs to to perform the way you need to perform. Like I would really be playing with this if I were you just to see like if I if I increase my carbs from where they're at now, do I.
1: Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves
2: better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
5: Moonpig.com
2: Planning for your next
1: trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
3: rice instead of vegetables and sweet potatoes do i feel better or if i'm eating a ton of sweet potatoes do i feel better you, you know what i mean like i think sure. you're in a really interesting spot where you could experiment with yourself a little bit
4: for sure and it's also a thing where it's like i'm kind of like i said i'm, I'm not in a point where i can afford to like totally fuck around anymore but i am at a point where i'm like i might even still I might even still be headed into the best possible, whatever years, not just as a competitor, but like, I might still be headed in towards like, wow, I wasn't doing this two years ago, but I'm sure as fuck glad I'm doing it now. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: I don't think, um, I think that there's a version of myself where somebody goes, eat whatever you want. And I'm like, great, it's going to be pizza and cheeseburgers like that I think is dead wrong. But like, The idea of increasing your calories and seeing by a little bit by, you know, 250 calories a day um, uh, and have that be from carbs and then have that be from fat and see if you notice a difference on either of those, you know, do it for five days in a row on add 250 grams of carbs, but not sorry, 250 calories worth of carbs every day for five days and see if you notice anything then do a week where you're adding 250 calories and fats for a week every day and see if you notice anything and um i i would really be experimenting like i would be very much like trying to dial in all of this stuff and you know if you if you spent two weeks, like another interesting thing could be if you spent two weeks figuring out like really what your average caloric burn is every day, and then sat down and designed basically a rough meal plan for yourself, like first spend your protein, figure out where you're going to get 225 grams of protein every day. You've got lots of sources to choose from. And then like intentionally spend your carbs and your fat and design it in a way where you're like, okay, I'm going to try this. Then I'm going to shift around the macros and, and see how I feel and and what this is doing to me and how I'm performing. That could be a really
4: fun experiment. Yeah. What, um, what are some key things? What are some key feelings that I can link to the nutrients I'm missing? Does that make sense? So like, if I'm feeling one way, what are, what's something I could link to a nutrient that I'm not getting enough of? So I let's would say, I,
3: I, honestly, I would base it all off of energy. You know how you feel in the gym. You work out twice a day. If you're if you're suddenly getting home and more tired than usual, if you're suddenly more tired in the gym, that that would be what I would link all of it to. Sometimes we can get irritable if we're if we're uh, De- depleted of of nutrients so that would be the second thing i would start to look at would be irritability but i i like to look first and foremost at energy if my energy is low i can either go like i'm dieting that's a sign of dieting and if i'm not dieting if i'm on maintenance then i know i'm eating out of whack and i need to like go like uh i've, I've been eating way too few carbs i need to up my carbs a little bit or even like I need to place them in different times of the day. I need to start placing them after my workout to get me through the rest of the day and do my workout on less carbs. Does that make sense?
4: Totally. So like if I were feeling, let's say lethargic or maybe even irritable, would it be safe to assume I could link that to low carb intake? Well, irritable, you know, um, Yeah, irritable maybe isn't a good, I could have a, I can be irritable because I got to fight with my fiance. That's like, yeah, not, totally. not a great jump
3: and, off. and also fats play a big role in, in hormones. So that could be an issue. You could be having that, you know, and I don't know enough about the endocrine system to say like, what irritable, I, I know I'm irritable <laughs> when I'm hungry and that uh, and that's as far as I've gotten with my own irritability. I haven't really dialed in irritability to, I do know that, um, Sometimes if I eat a junk food meal, I've got lots of fuel in me and I'm irritable. And that's not great. Um yeah. fuck Steve, I have a a conference call at four, which is in two No, minutes. I took
4: I took way too much of your time and I appreciate you sitting down and talking to me.
3: Um Brother, I love this. I actually think like, let's do some of this or don't. And let's just, can we do this again in a month and and have a check in?
4: I was going to say, maybe I'll, if if you're open to this, I don't want to presume. Maybe what I can start doing is keeping track of when I'm meeting and check in with you.
3: I would love that. I would love that. And we could either do short segments over time, or let's just do another episode in a month and see how it's going.
4: Absolutely. That's a good idea. It'll be really cool to. I'm really looking forward to for myself. I'm really looking forward to kind of like, again, like I said, optimal performance is the end goal. So if I look like, if I look like uh, Ethan Suffley uh, a la American History X, (laughs) you know. Not good.
3: We've we've failed.
4: Yeah. But well, if I look like that, but I'm knocking people the fuck out or like, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. or,
4: Or if I look like Ethan Suffley right now looks like, but I'm performing like shit, it's like, of like I'm really excited to see kind of me too. what real attention looks like. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Good. man. Thank you so much, brother.
3: And
0: now for the Q&A. Today, Christy has a question for you. Hi, Christy. Christy says, hi, Ethan. Do you have any new fun recipes you want to share or products you're using or things you're liking that might inspire someone bored with their own cooking? Maybe that someone is me. Thanks so much.
3: You know, Christy, I've been loving tahini lately and like You know, honestly, when I think about tahini from like a a Mediterranean grill, I think like, I I don't know if I want to eat that. It's probably full of fat. The way I make it is I get one of those, like I go to like the quote unquote health food store and I get one of those non-processed jars of tahini, which is just ground up sesame seeds where you can see the separation of the oil. I pour the oil off. And I scoop out some of that tahini, so already I've reduced the fat a little bit. And then I mix it with crushed garlic, lemon juice, and some sparkling water. I don't know why I mix it with sparkling. Uh, One time, Elon Hall was at my house cooking, and he made some sauce using sparkling water. And I don't know for sure that it added anything to the sauce because he blended it and probably destroyed the carbonation, but it seemed fun. So, so now I'm using Perrier in the tahini sauce. I bet some chef could like explain why that's done. I don't know. um, And so that's been exciting for me. It has more fat than if I didn't have the sesame paste in it, but it's not as fat as like, it, it doesn't have as much fat as what, you know, when you get tahini in a in a real, um, like a Lebanese restaurant, it's got olive oil, they're not pouring that sesame oil off of it, so that would have more fat. This is pretty low fat tahini, and I can put that on just about anything and be super, super happy with it.
0: I love that. I love this question because, you know, uh, you know how you can just get very, when you're trying to, even if you're cooking along, cooking's the wrong word, but even if you're humming along on your plan, you can get in a little bit of a rut. So... uh, Yeah, I mean, I've talked to friends where they're like, yeah, I get bored and I start having a bite of my son's chicken nuggets that he's eating. And then, you know, so this is good. I love it. Okay, tahini sauce.
3: One other thing is I started cooking my chicken breast differently. You know, it's not, this is not super exciting. Like it's still a chicken breast. But for a long time when I was meal prepping, I would just boil a bunch of chicken breasts. And I had a way that I did that where they stayed pretty juicy. And I never really like to cook chicken breast in other ways because it can dry out. So now I take the chicken breast out of the fridge and put it in a warm salt bath for 15 minutes. That brings the chicken breast up to room temperature. Then I put it in a 450 degree oven for 15 minutes, take it out, cover it for a few minutes with like a piece of foil and those chicken breasts are pretty damn moist and juicy. Mm. So, that's my other thing. And then you pour some of that tahini on it and it's outstanding.
0: Okay, wait, really quick. Salt bath. A warm salt bath. What is that? Just a bowl of warm water that has salt?
3: Yeah, literally. Okay. Just a okay. bowl of warm water. It's like a brine, but you know, is it really doing I don't know that the salt's getting in there in 15 minutes really. I'm adding the salt in case it's getting in there. Mm. Um you could just do warm water. The point is that you don't want the chicken to be cold because it will take be harder for it to cook. So and you don't want to put it in boiling water. Um just warm water to bring it up to room temperature.
0: Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Look at these tips, cooking tips from Ethan. Love it. I love this question. And uh yeah, thank you for that. I'm gonna try your tahini as well.
3: Yeah. So that's, I mean, I've been, I've been putting that on everything. Everything.
0: (laughs) That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Ethan. And thank you for the question. Anybody else out there with a question? We'd love to have it. You can email us at americanglutton.net.
3: Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.